Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Dynasty Edition show. We are back at it again on this beautiful Sunday. I hope it's beautiful wherever you guys are right now. Um, with us today, we have our draft expert. He is your real Uke Klein. He is the man, the myth, the legend around Belly Up. He has done over 50 draft profiles. Needless to say, he knows what he's freaking talking about. Uke, how you doing today, man? Great, man. How we doing? Actually, by the way, you know, it's over 75 at this point already. Oh, there you go. There you go. He really does know. He's, I bet he does IDP too, don't you? You do IDP, don't you? <laughs> and the man to his right is the head mallard in the pond, Andrew LaDuke. How's it going today, my man? It's good. It is a beautiful day here in New England. And, you know, it's maybe someday you'll let me have that top left corner because you, you really have a thing about not letting me be there every time we load in. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. 
<laughs> but then there is the man who has as many names as he does the jobs around Belly Up. He is the one, the only. You can call him Captain Feelgood. You can call him MCJC, but you can also call him the Commish. Commissioner Cooper, how are you today, man? Doing well, that's right. It's me, Kamish C, and I am happy to be here today to be with you, and I'm glad you guys are with us. It should be a good show once again. He is so happy. Can you just hear it in his voice? (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, before we get to what we are here for, which is the rookie running backs, we want to talk about a few things that went on around the league. Kind of affects my boys over here because their teams had a little bit of a trade. Uh, Devontae Parker went for a third. They exchanged fifth rounders, but so was essentially a third for Devontae Parker. Before I get to the boys on this one, you, how does this break down for both these teams as far as drafting wise? Does this have any significance on, you know, what they're going to be using those picks on? So I didn't think that the the Patriots were going to be taking a wide receiver in round one anyway. Maybe if they throw out a late wider, a late uh, pick at a wide receiver, but that the Devontae Parker thing isn't going to change that. Uh, for the Dolphins, I mean, again, they had a after the whole Tyreek thing, they have a pretty crowded wide receiver room right now. So having uh, having him as his, their wide receiver three or not, I don't think that's a pretty big difference over there. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I would have kind of thought maybe Preston Williams or something like that would have been more expendable than Devonte Parker, especially as he had gotten that new contract and you know he was kind of a little bit of a stud when he was healthy. But um, Coop, how does this affect you, my man? I mean, it probably doesn't affect you too much. You're like, I got a third-round pick out of that? Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go get some defense. Yeah, um, to be honest, the you know the trade makes sense. The player to the team, the team has a need, makes sense. But what I don't get is why do you trade in your division? I don't get it. Like, why do you give your division rival – something it needs now granted and the how i don't even know how long parker's been i my bad but it's been a while it's been a long time and buddy you've had one i'll repeat one good season out of all of them so i am not necessarily uh sweating his departure however it doesn't make sense to me to give somebody within the division give them what they need to move forward and you also now have someone regardless, always motivated to beat you. Hello, again, doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Um, Again, draft capital, we do need that after giving up so much to get Tyreek. So, you know, again, it makes sense as a whole, except just the interdivision part of it, I hate. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a cockiness, right? You're like, oh, I don't care that you go there. We're still going to beat you, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't work out for Wes Welker, did it? <laughs> he came back two times a year for six years and and uh, had ten catches against you guys. But um, Andrew, are you loving this deal? Like it kind of does have that reminiscence of Welker. I mean, obviously he's not the receiver Welker was, but you know Wes Welker at that point was bottom of the list. They got a sixth rounder, I think sixth or seventh rounder for him at the time. So this guy's a little bit higher up there. How are you feeling about this from a Patriots fan perspective? I mean, my boys decided to wake up this offseason. I think it's just proof that this is back to the Bill Belichick of old to where, you know, he goes on vacation to the the Caribbean or wherever he goes and shows up a couple weeks before the draft and says, oh, yeah, it's offseason time. Let me do something. And so that's what this feels like to me. I I like the player. I think it's going to be what they need. It obviously fills a role. I completely agree with Coop, though. I said last week the Dolphins are – 
conceded that they were having a great offseason, that they were going to finish number two in the division. They had their foot on our necks, and they just fucking took it off. <laughs> like, it makes no sense to me as well. I, I don't get it. I think now it's I, – I know Devontae Parker is not going to be your big game-changing player. He has the potential, but I don't think he's realistically going to be. But it is enough now to where I think the Pats do have a much better chance in the division now, at least to take a second spot and maybe a wild card. Yeah, and, you know, to the Pats, like, uh, you know, just for for them to go out and get somebody who's a little bit more dynamic on the field. Like, you guys have a lot of guys that are kind of like one-dimensional in a way. Like, Jacoby Myers, not really a yards-after-the-catch guy. He's more of a possession guy. Uh, Aguilar is just a deep threat. And then you got, you know, the slot, Kendrick Bourne, which he can break out with great games. He had multiple two-touchdown games last year, but it's just never consistent. So now you got somebody, Parker, who can probably attack all three levels of the field. You know, comes out of, I guess, a cheap price, a third rounder. I think I would only pay the fifth rounder for him, but, you know. In the past, that's a a cheap price. (laughs) (laughs) They don't really care about those draft picks anymore, so. That's true. That's true. They kind of just throw them away. But, yeah, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a great weapon to have for Mac Jones now. He has somebody who can go all over the field, take it deep, do whatever he needs to do to get it to him. So we're going to move on to another major thing that happened, and I know Andrew's been clamoring to get on this one. Uh, Bruce Arians is officially done as a coach. He is now going up top to drink martinis all day long with John Light. Is it Light? Yeah, the GM? It's Jason Light. Jason Light, I think, is his name. But he's going up there to drink martinis with him all day long and not have to worry about coaching his boys anymore. Todd Bowles is now the head coach. Um, you, does this kind of change the direction of this team? Like, are they going to be more focused on, you know, getting defensive players now in the draft? Like, what do you kind of make of this? So I don't know. I feel like as long as they have Brady, Brady's really the one calling the shots over here. So it doesn't matter if it's Bruce Arians as a head coach or Todd Bowles. At the end of the day, Tom Brady's going to get what he wants. And I got to say, I don't even know if he's clamoring right now for offense. They have a loaded offense around him, you know, with Fournette, their wide receivers. They still have a good O-line, even though they lost some pieces. Maybe he'll want an interior offensive line guy. But I think that that it's time to beef up their defense a little bit. They're running a little bit lower on stars than they used to be two years ago when they won. Right, and one of their big problems last year was keeping secondary players healthy. Their secondary wasn't the most amazing app before, but it was really down to the bones when they were down to Carlton Dean and, you know, Richard Sherman on the other side, hoping that Richard Sherman doesn't get burned. (laughs) Which he did. (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) In more ways than one. But on to the next one. Uh, Andrew, how did you look at this Bruce Arians um, debacle? Well, I don't want to call it debacle, but changing it's a, deba- the it's a debacle. I don't look. I don't think Arians is done as a coach. I think he's done this year as a coach because it, it happened too late in in the scheme of things to to be end up somewhere else. But I bet you give it next year or a year after another team's going to want him as a coach, even though I don't think he's a great coach. But my biggest thing is, look, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. It's so clear now. He finally gets to be the Aaron Rodgers he always wanted to be. And by that, I mean the big diva. I'm gonna call the shots, or I'm gonna kick and piss and moan my way out the door until you give me what I want. He is turned into a grade A douchebag, and I love saying that. <laughs> the just the did you see when he sat down in the front row of that press conference for Arians? I saw the video just the other day for the first time. He sits down, walks in all casual, throws his legs across, uh, you know, crosses his legs. Then he turns around and starts smiling and waving. I've never seen Tom Brady look happier than in that moment. That's 
counting all of his Super Bowl wins, he's never looked happier than looking around at everybody in that press conference just saying, you know I did this, and I have the power. And I hate when players do that. So, Tom Brady, you got what you want. But, man, you are ruining your legacy in my eyes. Well, here's a follow-up to that. You know, you say he's got the Aaron Rodgers syndrome now. He actually wins Super Bowls. So, like, when you look at that grade-A douchebag, you're like, yeah, I'll take that grade-A douchebag on my team (laughs) because I want to win Super Bowls. And, you know, the guy cuts his salary and said it takes more. The key now, though, is that if he continues, if he he does win another one, then that's an argument. But he didn't do it last year when it really started to show after he won in Tampa. Let's see what he does this year. All right, all right. We'll get back to it because I know Commissioner Cooper is just dying to get in this conversation. So, Coop, tell us about what Florida thinks, my man. Well, I I just want to chime in. I like to focus on the positive side of things. So I'm going to spin this positively. I just want to mention before I get to that, though, a quick caveat. Andrew sounds like the typical sour-ass Patriots fan that just wants to throw salt at Brady any chance they get. You guys are sitting here with all this. You guys don't know what's going on. How can you seriously judge the happiness of someone by the way they looked through a TV camera? Like, come on, bro. The I end of the- I cheered for him in that Super Bowl he won. I'm, sure, won he- I'm sure you did. But you're not <laughs> judging someone's happiness because you're not him, sir. At the end of the day, you're not really sure what went on there. But what I like to look at and want to focus on is Arians passing the torch to Todd Bowles talked about all the stuff he's done with um, diversity and, you know, as far as, you know, women as well. Um, You know, he's done a lot with coaching staffs before. And now, I mean, just the sound of him in the press conference, he sounds like a real kind of dude, my kind of dude, quite frankly, Um, you know, get down to earth talking about, you know, his people. And, you know, he really wanted to do this for Todd Bowles. May that might be the spin, but I don't care. I'm just gonna take it and run with it and just look at it that way because I am not a sour, hating ass Patriots fan. <laughs> look, I don't hate that. I think I, I, I do like Todd Bowles, so I, I definitely don't hate that spin. Yeah, cool coming at you. Patriots fire fans <laughs> are that divorced ex-wife that want to just hate on every picture that, that Tom Brady has with his new team. <laughs> They're just—they're just all salivating. Just <laughs> they're all salivating, just waiting for him to make a mistake. See, I told you—you you made a mistake, Tom. <laughs> he was a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there goes Justin. And Justin's frozen. All righty. All right, um, what else were we going to talk about? Did we even talk about the Tyree Kill trade last week? Did that happen already? Did we get a chance? That happened after, I think. I don't think we we talked about it. While we're waiting, let's talk about America's team's big (laughs) trade with Tyree Kill. You know know what I already got to say. I'm sure everyone does. Yuke, let's hear your perspective on that trade, though. What does that do, you think, for Miami? Does that put them... What are you, where does that put the Dolphins in the echelon, I guess, in the AFC right now? So I think it's a hard question to answer because it all depends on Tua. At the end of the day, they, they've loaded this team now. You know, they have what they need to make a run. But the AFC is loaded, you know. So it, I think it all depends on Tua. If he can come out and start firing, then great. But if not, then, then, then no way. Then they might not even make the playoffs. Justin's back in the top left where he belongs and he's ready. 
I just, I, I, I'm sorry, Justin. I figured we'll just go ahead and talk about Tyreek real quick. Um, I forgot where we were in the show, so I just wanted to bring up America's team. All right, what else do you got, sir? It's your show, though. I don't want to take over. You, you know, Tyreek was like a a year or it's like a week hey, ago, right? Like hey, we didn't talk about it last week, though. We, we couldn't yeah, remember we, if we talked about it last week. Yeah, I got we, it. I got it. You wanted to hear Ukes on it. You know, he wanted to hear yes. what he right, had. I wanted you. Yeah, right, exactly. I got you. Does, I got you. It does you. affect the draft of Miami. <laughs> well, uh, after some poor Wi-Fi connection, I am back to take control of this animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, when all else fails, go to America's team. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we're, right <laughs> we're going to go uh, on a commercial break real quick because we've got an amazing thing coming up for the Masters from Belly Up. So we want to get you informed on it. And afterwards, we'll be back with a state your case argument. Mm. I know. <laughs> here, yo, here, I got you, bro. I guess it was meant for him to be the on today's Sports Stove Podcast. Today we've got an exciting uh, episode for you today talking all things college football. This is a show about nothing and everything as it pertains to sports, society and culture and everyday life. Come join me weekly. shot still gives me chills man all i got to say is whoever does the promo videos for belly up needs a raise yes mike i'm talking to you all right good (laughs) well let's not go into negotiations on a live (laughs) (laughs) say the litigation for later um but anyways you know speaking of the guy who does that like what about the crazy idea of putting a hardcore fucking scene with fucking Andrews fucking divots and pivots and then having the harmonica still or the orchestra still going in the background? Like, I was laughing the entire time. It was like, like somebody's cell phone went off at the orchestra. <laughs> oh. 
felt like I was going to a grunge concert. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, guys, it's gonna be a phenomenal thing. If you've ever been to one of the belly up shows where you know it's a big event, you know, the Super Bowl event was huge. Uh both of these two jokers were on it as well. Uh, I know Andrew's gonna be doing a divots and pivot show on that, and then Commission's gonna be doing some fantasy jeopardy on that. So come check them out. It's gonna, I believe it's 9 p.m. today. Right, guys? Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yes, sir. It's going to be well worth it, and we're going to send the Masters. We're going to make the Masters entertaining, guys, because sometimes, you know, you fall asleep during the Masters. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I mean, tell you. I, I don't. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if anyone gets the final Jeopardy clue tonight, I will give them any amount of money. All right. Well, that's, that. that's a challenge. I'm going to remember that commission. <laughs> <laughs> that's a challenge. Who do you have, who do you have on for that? Uh, Andrew is actually on. The Divots and Pivots crew is actually on for that. Him and Bud Copeland and then TJ from the Scoreboard Addicts um, uh, will be on there as well. So that will be the three challengers tonight. There you go. My money is on TJ. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but anyways, guys, we have another cool segment coming your way. Let's see if I can get this up real quick <laughs> while improvising. Hey, <laughs> it's time for State Your Case. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I wish they had, had a couple of mimosas this morning, I think. Or excuse me, Justin's had a couple of mimosas before we got started. So, <laughs> No, I'm just high off of life, bro. <laughs> I don't got to go to the green room to get this high. <laughs> Yo, Justin, hit me up with some of that life, man. That sounds like that stuff. <laughs> Bro, I'll shoot your direction. <laughs> but anyways, guys, let's get it started here. We are going to do a quick game of State Your case and we're going to do it um so i'm going to pitch you guys two things you know it's going to be the first question is going to be tyreek versus Devonte, and i'm going to want andrew to do Devonte adams you you're going to do tyreek kill you're going to tell me you're going to state your case for who do you think is going to have the better fantasy season coming up this year with their new team um i'm going to start this off with leduc first that is not how you stated it in the pre-show questions, but <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, which part did I miss? <laughs> did you not listen? Did you not read it right? I did. I, 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 well, okay. Um, <laughs> let me pivot here. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. So Devontae Adams. So. Do you, do you want me to start with you first so then you can gather yeah, your notes? Well, yeah, because, you know, you told me to prepare for Devontae Adams as not a top five wide receiver, so <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, you might want to check that again. You <laughs> <laughs> let's start off with you on this one since Adam needs to check his notes. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say, I'll be completely honest right now. I actually think that Devontae Adams will have a better uh, fantasy season than Tyreek Hill, but I will say, and I will state my case on this one, I think Tyreek Hill is a better offensive weapon than Devontae Adams. Maybe as a pure wide receiver, Devontae Adams might be a little more dominant, but in terms of an offensive weapon, I don't think there's anyone in the league other than maybe a guy like Christian McCaffrey in his, you know, when healthy, who could change an offense the way Tyreek Hill does. He can stretch the field. He turned Alex Smith, who, you know, this is where all of the optimism about Tua is coming from. Alex Smith was exactly like Tua when Tyreek Hill, you know, started balling out in Kansas City. 
And he turned Alex Smith into one of the better deep ball throwers in the league. You know, he just changes an offense, turns it around, stretches the field like no other wide receiver can in the league. I really don't think that it's close. I don't think that that I mean, maybe you could throw in Debo into that conversation, but I feel like you gotta scheme for Debo a little bit more. He's not a deep threat. He's more of like a yards after catch type of receiver. I think that if Mike McDaniel involves Tyreek Hill the way they were involving Debo Samuel in the Dolphins offense, then he definitely could be maybe even the wide receiver one this year. But uh, I think that with Jalen Waddle there, it might be a little difficult, but but Tyreek Hill is definitely, I'm very bullish on Tyreek Hill this year. Well, they've already yeah, we got a little bias in the room. We got a little bias in the room. Andrew, Kabish is the judge on this one, so I don't think you're going to win it. Do you want to just <laughs> watch <not>. it? <laughs> Wait, Coop is the judge? So I'll just, I'll just throw in there, Coop, I'm a huge Dolphins fan. I love the Dolphins. They're my favorite. <laughs> Well, we're gonna be fighting. fighting only commission likes the to kiss ass. <laughs> the, Wait, you gotta the get dueling soundboard. You know what can I do? Yuke, when you ever come to the United States, sir, I have six season tickets. You are more than welcome to come join, watch America's team defeat whoever they're playing that day. Let's do it. Well, I'll all right, go ahead, Andrew. What what, what the what do you have to say? Well, look, so Devontae Adams, you can obviously make the argument that that he was only as good as he was because of Rodgers, but I think that's – I don't think that's enough right there. I think the fact that he's now going to an offense where he's got a young coach – or not a young coach, but a, a, a second-chance coach here in Josh McDaniels who has wanted to run creative and uh, high-paced um, kind of fun, deeper ball offenses, I think that's going to play in uh, Adams' favor. And then, sure, Derek Carr isn't Aaron Rodgers, but Derek Carr has the it factors about him that make him a leader that keep his players, his teammates in the game and wanting to fight till the end. And the fact that I think he's got a, you know another target monster, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, to kind of spell some coverage on him, I think he's going to find some more space. So his receptions might be down, but I expect his touchdowns and his yardage to go up to balance that out. And then finishing top five or number five last year, I can see Adam still sliding into that top five spot. I think it will be close between him and Hill uh, because I do think Hill is going to be used in creative ways. But I think Adams has still got the speed. He's got he's going to have the drive to prove that he didn't need Aaron Rodgers. So I still see Adams as being a top five wide receiver this year and it being real close between him and Hill. Yeah, I mean, in real and in, you know, all the America's team aside, um, you know, Devonta Adams on the Raiders, I just feel has a little more opportunity. We talked about Tyreek Hill. They are going to use him more like Debo Samuel, I would imagine. Um, But like you just mentioned, you they got Jalen Waddle to play the same type of role as well. So that'll be fun to watch next year because we'll hit you in the mouth either way. But uh, we already know who won the argument. So anyway, if you want to go ahead and move to round two, Justin. <laughs> All right, guys. Round two. Deshaun Watson. You, you are going to be stating an argument for Deshaun Watson being a top five quarterback. And Andrew, did you get this one? You're going to be doing it for yeah, outside read, the top read, five. Read the private chat. <laughs> I got this oh, one. Oh, I read it. I, I'm wondering where All you right, just let, let's... on the first one. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get it on. Uh, Andrew, Andrew start us off first. 
All right, so look, Deshaun Watson not being top five to me comes down to just a plethora of options to be in the top five. I think there, especially if we're talking dynasty, there's enough young quarterbacks that I think have better opportunities and more stable situations to to blow the doors off offensively. Um, he's, I don't. It comes down to me really. One, we haven't seen Watson play now. I don't doubt that he's still in football shape and he can do it. But I really just don't trust Cleveland to keep that situation to be stable, to, to keep all of his weapons happy. Um, something he has going for him is the running backs uh, to spell him from probably getting hurt as much as he's been in the past. But I just don't see Cleveland as being the place where Watson is going to be able to take over the leagues, so to speak. I still think Mahomes. I still think uh, Burrow and Herbert and some other younger guys – um, or the same age guys can can get above him. So I think he's going to be top 10, but not top five. Um, I don't think Amari Cooper's enough to get it done for him. You, what say you? Very interesting. Here's the thing. I think that it's all pending uh, the suspension, right? If, if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, I think that there's no chance that he finishes in the top five. Um, especially he'd be, you know, two – if he gets suspended for what, eight or 10 games and he ends up playing like, you know, five games this year and then five, six, whatever games it is this year. And then he's, you know, in two years, he played that few games, then that would be a little bit concerning. But aside from that, if you put that aside and he doesn't end up getting suspended or it's a very short suspension, it's hard to make a case against Deshaun Watson. Not only is he young, but you know, I was one of the people who had him, who picked him up off of waivers in his rookie year. He came out of nowhere, torched the league, had like five weeks. He was the QB one, five straight weeks. I had him on my fantasy team until he tore his ACL in practice. That was pretty brutal. But when he is on, there are a few quarterbacks that are like Deshaun Watson. Not only is he very mobile and he can move around, he has a very good arm. And he made it work in Houston, even without – I think he made it work with Houston, even without the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But even if not, he was very, very good in Houston with very few options, even with the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins – that he didn't have any great or solid wide receiver twos. He definitely did not have a good offensive line. He did not have great running backs. You know, Lamar Miller was, I feel like, just a product of that system. But um, going to the Browns, where he has this crazy offense around him, I think it's hard to, to make a case that he is not one of the top five young and most talented quarterbacks in this league. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, crazy offense indeed. The only thing I will say is that, you know, he came off a season where he did not play at all. Russ is a little bit of a factor. You mentioned going into this team, um, you know, very high powered in the run game. So how does Deshaun's type, his style fit in? Is he going to be able to fling it down the field as much? Um, But I do, you know, again, I love Deshaun Watson. I love the trade. I love his fit in Cleveland. Top five is going to be tough. So, Andrew, you take round two. (laughs) Yep. 
QB five, five, and four the past three years that he was there. So that was the main reason for the question. He's obviously yeah, set yeah. a standard for himself. Uh, it was a good Absolutely. question for sure. Um, next question is kind of a question of two quarterbacks that benefited from Tyreek and Devontae. Who you guys draft and hire? For this one, I'm going to have you. You're going to take on Tua. Andrew, you're going to take on Carr. Oof. Sorry. Well, <laughs> Laundry's done. Laundry's done. <laughs> oh, that was a preemptive I lose. Like you were pushing the button. I was like, geez. <laughs> when did he get that button? <laughs> um, but anyways, let's get on with this. Uh, you start us off on this one. Talk about Tua. Tell me why he's going to be better than Carr this year. Yeah, tell us. So, I just think unless you're drafting a guy like the top, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, maybe like Kyler Murray, Lamar, guys like that. I feel like you want to shoot for ceiling with quarterbacks, especially in a one quarterback league. You know, there there's no benefit in having a quarterback who's consistently, you know, a low end QB one. That doesn't help your team. You, you At the end of the day, let's say you're in a 10, 12 team league. You want to have a top half of the league quarterback, someone who's winning you, winning you games rather than losing games for you. So Tua, I feel like, has an extremely high ceiling with this whole Tyreek Hill thing. Like I said before, you know, Alex Smith turned into one of the better deep ball throwers in the league with uh, with Tyreek Hill. You know, and I'm going to just throw some stats at you with with, uh, with Tua. Last year, he was seventh in the league with 67.8 completion percentage, and he was first in the league with 50% deep ball completion percentage. All right. Now, he was 31st in the league with uh, average yards uh, per air yards per game. So he doesn't throw deep a lot, but that might just be, uh, uh, you know, because of the system that they were in. Now with Tyreek Hill, they're going to change that around. I don't think Tua is a bad quarterback. He was just too safe. But now with with Tyreek Hill, he has the option to really let it rip. You know, it's not like they have some crazy run game right now. You know, who are we relying on? Miles Gaskin to take away, you know, all of the passing game? I don't think so. I think that Tua has one of the highest ceilings, you know, of all the quarterbacks going in his range. So I would definitely draft him ahead of Derek Carr. Yuke, I think you nailed it on the head just a second ago when you mentioned Tua isn't bad, he's just safe. That is about very profound statement. It's very true. Um, Drew, go ahead. Again, you don't have much much of a case. Feels rigged that uh, you get all the Miami questions. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. <laughs> to be fair, Andrew, I actually like Carr a little bit more, but <laughs> well, well, for I a actually... second, I was hoping Kev would be on here to be unbiased about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually this this played right into me because I actually do like. I am a big Derek Carr fan because one, like I, said, I mentioned earlier, I like seeing what I've seen out of him as far as the way he leads that team from a quarterback standpoint. I think he gets the most out of the guys that are around him because of the way he acts on and off the field. So I'm a big Derek Carr fan. What I also, I was a big Derek Carr fan going into last season as far as drafting him. And I think the addition of Devontae Adams and having a a healthy Darren Waller and having a rejuvenated Josh Jacobs, uh, who's now catching balls out of the backfield. And you factor in a Hunter Renfro coming out of nowhere last year. Derek Carr is not going to have to force balls downfield like he had to for a little bit here in his career he's gonna be able to play more strategically getting balls across the middle letting his guys make the plays after the catch and those are all gonna add up to quarterback points that without high risk of turnovers for Carr. his biggest thing is that he does fumble the ball in the backfield a lot if he can spell that and get rid of those minus two points i think Derek Carr is gonna be a good bang for your buck in the middle of the the qb class in your drafts Although I said earlier I love Yuke's argument because it is true, um, I will also say the Tennessee game made me feel like it, that's not true and that his mechanics just simply aren't there. 
uh, quite frankly. And I will say, Drew, you swayed me with the simple fact of Drew Carr's, or excuse me, David Carr's leadership. I call him David Carr. His leadership on the field, um, you know, on and off, as you mentioned, I think is a big factor for him. He's already proven he can put up the big stats. Now he's got an added weapon, um, one of the best receivers in the league. Um, again, I think he will finish higher than two of us. You will get the point here today, sir, in a surprise. And, and just one, one added, one added Miami point. Heritage. One added point to all the quarterbacks in that division. I am highly targeting all of them because I think those division games are just going to be high-scoring, oh, offensive yeah. bombs. So I think all the quarterbacks in that division, they're all going to be close games. They're going to be valuable this year. Although that Chargers D is a little nasty. It's very, very nasty. Well, so is that Broncos D. Holy shoot. And they're a lot of homegrown places. So what Andrew is saying is his fantasy football team is going to be named AFC West because he's going to collect <laughs> everybody from the AFC West. Not a bad strategy. <laughs> I think a lot of people have that strategy. Yes. Going in here. <laughs> very, very true. Um, all right, guys. Next one. Two wide receivers are going to be benefiting from QB moves. Terry McLaren, Michael Pittman. McLaren will be Andrew. Pittman will be you. Is it is it done again? Did you touch I it up? I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself unless I'm talking. Andrew, start us off with Terry McLaren. <laughs> How do you like his new addition with Carson Wentz? <laughs> so, look, I think, surprisingly, I think Wentz is going to be good for McLaren here. So, he disappeared last year. I think that was a product of this, the amount of injuries they had. He was the only weapon. And I think, quite frankly, I think he kind of gave up on himself halfway through the year there. He just didn't look like the same guy that we came to know as, known as Scary Terry. Uh, what I like about, about this ad of Wentz for Terry, though, is that we already know Wentz is not going to be able to force the ball down the field. So the, the, the offense is going to shift in McLaurin's favor to get more receptions than big plays, which with the way the fantasy leagues are now, with pretty much everything PPR being standard, that's going to help. Plus the return of Curtis Samuel um, and the deep, if they stay healthy, tight end group. Uh, they're all like B-tier tight ends. But you got Logan Thomas, you got Bates, and you got uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. I think there's going to be enough options around to fit into that intermediate uh, short pass type of game plan that McLaurin should be able to break free for some, uh, for some big plays. So I like him uh, having a big bounce back year this year. I mean, nothing wrong with that. You, what you got? Well, I actually think the exact opposite. Carson Wentz <laughs> is not a good quarterback. At the end of the day, this is his third team. You know, how many quarterbacks go to their third team and then succeed? Last year with <laughs> Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman was uh, had only one game of 21 or more uh, PPR points. All right, only one game. I know that sounds like it's an anti-Pittman tweet, but I feel like that that's a, a product of Carson Wentz. He's not a guy who will support a massive wide receiver one production week in, week out. You know, now he's going to his third team with de definitely a worse offensive line. So I, I just, I don't see Carson Wentz supporting Terry McLaurin the way that, you know, more than he supported Michael Pittman last year, Michael Pittman was wide receiver 18. Now with Michael Pittman, he's getting a massive quarterback upgrade with Matt Ryan. He finished as wide receiver 18 last year. I think it's only up from there. If you're talking about a wide receiver who's going to finish as a fringe wide receiver one, you know, Matt Ryan has always supported you know, big wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, all had, you know, Top end wide receiver one seasons with him. I feel like Matt Ryan can definitely support a huge year for Michael Pittman. His ceiling is undoubtedly higher, in my opinion. 
Yeah, um, and your opinion is absolutely correct, you. Matt Ryan, upgrade, Colts, offense, line, running game. Matt Ryan can stand up now, won't have to be sacked every five <laughs> seconds. You win round four. Go ahead, Justin. I can't disagree. All right, sudden death, Andrew. Let's do it. All right, it's the main event. It's almost like Top you were that five <laughs> dynasty. Remember, dynasty. So you're getting this guy for a long haul. Russell Wilson. Andrew, tell me why he is. You tell me why he isn't. Let's start Ooh. off with you this time, you. All right. Well, I'll just say that I, you can't, with good conscience, put Russell Wilson ahead of guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Those three, I feel like, are locked in top three dynasty quarterbacks. You know, not only is Russ now not better at fantasy than they are, but he is significantly older. He's 33 years old. All right. But then you have guys like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. You know, guys who are – that's three more guys who could all be could, – could have a great argument for all three of them to be ahead of Russell Wilson in Dynasty. And let's say, you know, not all three of them are ahead. Let's say only two. He's still not in the top five. I just think Russell Wilson is going to a new team, you know, so there's a lot of questions here. And, again, he's 33. How long do you see him playing at the level that he played, you know, two years ago when he's 38? I don't see that. He's not, you know, Tom Brady. He got sacked way more times. It's just there's way too many extremely talented young quarterbacks. Maybe in, in redraft, Russell Wilson is barely scraping that top five. But in dynasty, no way. He's 33. Fair enough. Ooh. Fair enough. Andrew, give it to me, man. Why is he a top five QB? Because there is a lot to be. First of all, 33 in quarterback years these days is not as old as it used to be. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to – I get that argument, but I'm not – waiting everything on that and i think there's something to be said about getting out from underneath an old aging uh old school uh coach such as pete carroll that always focused on the defense first anyways um and plus he has now weapons that are much are younger and uh exciting like javante williams i mean melvin gordon's not young but javante williams coming in there is going to be a huge uh, yard after catch for him kind of guy um jerry judy Cortland sutton I mean, he's, he's got weapons that I know what you can say. Oh, yeah, he had Tyler Lockett, he had DJ Metcalf. But I think he these guys are more – they're younger. They are – What the frick? <laughs> 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 How many seconds are going through, bro? Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen. I'm not running it. <laughs> listen, Andrew's mom's getting pissed. He didn't do the chores, so now he's really got to finish up. So anyway. we got to get a new drop with uh, Andrew's uh, laundry sound, man. Anyways <laughs> – I think at least for two years here, he, Russell Wilson's going to be part of a hungry, um, a hungry football team, including, a, like I said, some young guys like Williams, uh, like some scrappy guys like KJ Hammer, Hamler and Tim Patrick. That I think they're he's going to be ha- he's going to have a more well-rounded um, group of players to use, and I think it's going to fit into keeping him healthy. And I think over the next two or three years, he can be in that top five conversation. Uh, to lead potentially everyone's saying the Broncos to a Super Bowl as being contenders this year. So I, I don't see how that can be the case and he can't be considered as a top five quarterback. That's fair enough. Oh, Coop, we have a little outside consideration too here Ooh. from Facebook. Oh, Kevin, I apologize, Kevin. I just do what I'm told. <laughs> Kevin's coming in hot. He is going to be all over you next week with the trashing of Russell Wilson. 
Justin, I don't know. I don't know, man. This is a tough argument. Um, you know, honestly, when when you started, you know, you, I was like, man, there's no way you can talk me out of Russell Wilson right now. But then yeah. he started talking me out of it, especially in Dynasty. It makes a good case. Um, Andrew, you made a good case as well. But listen, at the end of the day, when you can't get your chores done before the show, <laughs> then you lose. So good job to you, 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 sir. Gotta Let's be go the winner. <laughs> Congratulations, Uke. You won. And um, you know what? I'll tell you what, Andrew, can you do your chores a little bit earlier? <laughs> Come on now. Bro. It's only buzzing because you won't pull victory. I it's only because it could have done it without Andrew's laundry. <laughs> yeah, right. Someone's going to open the damn door or I'll keep doing it. So. I'll keep buzzing. <laughs> Mom, open up the door. <laughs> yes, sir, I, I, think to be, I think to be fair, you might want to cut to maybe one. I know we only do, we usually do only one commercial. Maybe you want to do two oh, commercials and give it. Andrew two seconds to get the, to get the dryer. <laughs> man, <you got> it. <laughs> well, let's see if you can clean it up like Manscaped cleans us up. <laughs> Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not for your private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Literally, Manscaped is trusted below the waist now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. We all know how essential that Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. But now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra premium collection. This package includes Manscaped's premium deodorant, hydrating body moisturizer, body wash, and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Plus a free gift, a three-pack of lip balm to keep those chappers feeling moist. So get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. One more time, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Bent the reason that everybody's here. They want to hear about our takes on the draft rookie running backs. More importantly, they want to hear Yoop's takes because our takes are probably. Yeah, they don't, they don't <laughs> care what we have to say. <laughs> it's about as useful as a, a football bat. But um, anyways, guys, so I'm going to do a quick round the table with who we really think is going to stand out. And then we're going to let you just completely take it over and tell us who he thinks is going to be the guys and how stupid we are. So, guys, I'm going to start it off with this one. I am really impressed with Damian Pierce. Um, 
I think he's kind of been pushed to the bottom, but he's kind of moving his way up. You know, I, in my opinion, he's a top six running back. He's somebody who I would think somebody like the Jets would fall in love with because they already have like a shifty, good scat back. He's somebody who can take those goal line carries kind of like a Lendell White did. And then he's also somebody who hasn't had a lot of like, you know, tread on the tires. I mean, I think he carried for maybe 300 times totals in, in his four-year career. So this is a guy who last year had a touchdown every seven touches, which is outrageous, especially when you think about it in the SEC. Um, I think he's just a violent runner. He's a power runner. He doesn't have much lateral speed to him. But at the end of the day, he's he's kind of what Ramondre Stevenson could, like a light version of Ramondre Stevenson. If Ramondre Stevenson's more agile, he's just more power. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my guy, Damian Pierce. I think that he's going to go – Late end, day two, day three guy, and whoever gets him is going to get a hell of a power back. Yuke, what do you think about that? So I like Damian Pierce. I got to say, I didn't scout him you know, as deeply as I have for most other running backs. But the thing that I really like about him is not only does he have big size, but he ran a 4.5940, which is not that slow for someone who's 218 pounds. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is good, which means that you know if he gets some traction and he gets the you know, coaching staff to trust him, he might be able to develop into a three down, you know, true three down back, which I think could be very valuable. I don't think he's as good as top six. There's a lot of good running backs in this class. But uh, but he's definitely someone to look out for for sure. Cool, cool, cool. Who'd you have your eye on? Um, listen, I I was sitting here googling as you talk, as I mean, right, that's, that's, <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. I mean, obviously, I'm joking around. I'm joking around. I you know, no. I'll just I'm gonna go with the safe consensus bet and just go with, with consistency. We talked about it when we talked about fantasy drafts. You want to go with consistency. It's the same thing in the NFL draft. There's no more consistent running back than Brees Hall, period. I know you don't want to talk about him, but he's the consistent guy. <laughs> and all of these running backs, you know, again, we talked about it on our show when I kind of made the joke that we might be looking back and saying the running back class of 22, because you just never know right system, right time. If Brees Hall finds himself on the Buffalo Bills, mind you, Watch the hell out for one of the best rookie seasons you'll ever see. They're looking for a workhorse type back. I think no matter what you saw on the tape with his lateral speed, he'll be just fine in the NFL. And especially when you already have an offense built around you, it's not like something he has to take things over to make it his offense. So I like Brees Hall. And again, depending on where he lands. What do you think, Yuke? So I like Brees Hall, yeah, for sure. He's my RB one. That's pretty uh, a pretty consensus pick. He's the one thing I, I do want to say about Brees Hall. The reason why I'm not, you know, in love with him, he just didn't wasn't very flashy. He didn't, you know, jump off the tape. He he didn't make your jaw drop like some other running backs in this class did. He's just such an elite athlete, you know, running a four three nine at 217 pounds, you know, being the size that he is, you know, I think he's six one. He's just he's very polished. He's pro ready. He does everything right. I, he's my RB1. It's just I, I wish he was a little more flashy. That's all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mr. Mallard, it's your turn. Who do you think is, uh, is top of the class for you? I, I will say quickly on Brees Hall, too, that I, I I think Buffalo, like you said, Coop, that's exactly how I had written down where if you want some a team needs someone right now, that's the guy to go. I did say if it's more of a building for the future, Houston and Seattle are probably my two top spots for Hall to land. Um, if they just because they're going to be looking to rebuild those offenses, but um, 
you, you stole my Damian Pierce uh, take there because I do love Pierce as well. So I'm going to go Isaiah Spiller here because I think he, um, as far as a dynasty look and as far as a long-term NFL-ready running back, uh, I think he might not flash as much in uh, his first year as some of these other guys, but I think year two, year three is where you're going to see him really settle into his own and become a consistent, steady back in the NFL um, for years to come. So I like Isaiah Spiller. I, I compare him to a Josh Jacobs style of running, um, especially now that Jacobs is uh, is starting to catch the ball out of the backfield more. That's something Spiller can do a bit more than I could say Jacobs could do. Uh, but I, So I see Spiller as a nice dynasty stash for years to come, and I think he's going to be a perennial top five uh, running back, you know, starting year three, maybe as early as year two. What do you oh, say since everyone else is going that uh, that saying? <laughs> so I actually love Isaiah Spiller. You know, at the beginning of this whole draft process, before the combine, he was my RB1, actually. I love him. Of all the guys who I feel like jumped off the tape, you know, who made my jaw drop, Isaiah Spiller did it the most and consistently. I just fell in love with him when I was watching his tape. The one problem with him was – he never really had that long speed, and then he didn't uh, he didn't run the forty at the combine, which is a little concerning. And then he jumped a sub nine foot uh, broad jump, which is terrible for the for an NFL athlete. And he only jumped, I think, a thirty inch vertical jump, which is not good. Which showed me a lot of concern about his actual athletic explosiveness, which is a big thing for running back. So I dropped him to my RB three. But the way I see it still, there are four running backs in this class who, in my opinion, are must-haves, are guys that are going to be three-down uh, running back starters in the NFL. And Isaiah Spiller is one of them. He's my RB3. Cool, cool. And you, the rest of the time is kind of just yours, man. Give us uh, give us eight minutes of good running. That's all minutes. we got. Eight minutes. I'll try my best. All right. No one's talking about Kenneth Walker yet. That's hilarious. So I'll start off. I'll start off with my big take, and that's Kenneth Walker. All right. There you go. I have Kenneth Walker as my RB8. All right. And and I only put him as my RB8 because he just was so good in college. I can't put him any lower. But I don't like uh, uh, Kenneth Walker, and I'll explain why. He, I made a big mistake two years, uh, two years ago with Jonathan Taylor where I didn't think Jonathan Taylor was good coming into the NFL. But the thing that I forgot to, to notice is that running backs who have the size and the speed win in the NFL. Now, with Kenneth Walker, he is he, – yes, he measured in at 210 at the combine. The problem is he that was the, the highest that he measured in. That was the highest weight he measured at any point throughout this pre-draft process. I don't think that that's a weight he's going to maintain. I think in reality he's a little bit lower than that closer to 200. He also plays pretty small. Um, so yes, he ran a four, three, nine, 40. That was, that was great. But another big problem is aside from the fact that he's small, he's not a good third down back. He can't block for the life of him and he's not a good receiving back. So if you're coming in as a small running back, who's supposed to carry an early down load and you can't catch passes, how are you going to have a successful role in the NFL? So actually, I just want to elaborate on this for two seconds. I saw this great study that someone did on Twitter by a guy named Noah Hill, you know, at Noah Moore Parties, which is pretty cool. But there have only been three running backs since, I think, 2000, since since the turn of the century, since 2000, that have been sub-215 pounds and were produced RB1 uh, uh, numbers. And they, they didn't have a big receiving numbers. And that was D'Angelo Williams in 2008, Willie Parker in 2006, and Elijah Mitchell in 2001. Now, Elijah Mitchell had 1.17 receiving uh, receptions per game. D'Angelo Williams had 1.59 receptions per game. And then Willie Parker had 0.82. Kenneth Walker in college had 
So significantly lower. He's just not a third down back. And Willie Parker played fourth almost 14 years ago. So that's just not something that works in today's NFL. I just can't imagine him in any way being a, a you know mainstay NFL running back. And especially in fantasy, if he's not going to catch passes, he can't doesn't have the size to carry the early down work. I don't see it at all. I'm not a Kenneth Walker guy. <laughs> I'd hit that because that was a hot take. Hot take. I mean, everyone's on Kenneth Walker, bro. And I'm literally like, man, what have I just heard? I wouldn't be looking at that guy at all. Great job. So if he does start catching passes, though, like he was catching passes as pro day, does that change your mind at all? Because when you think about it, sub 200 200 running backs, yeah, like you said, the catch passes, they need to catch passes, kind of like how Austin Eckler does it. Does that change it? at all for you if he goes to maybe say like a a buffalo or something like that where he can be out there and catching passes because their offense is more of a a pass protection set so he would need to catch a significant amount of passes in order to make up for what i see would be you know poor early down work he doesn't just doesn't have the size to carry a big load you know actually there's another stat out there which is only 19 percent uh i think since 2015 there have been 322 100 carry seasons for running backs only 19 percent of them have been sub 210 pounds, which is Kenneth Walker. So he's not going to get a lot of carries, which means he'd need to catch a lot of passes, and he just didn't do that in college. And it's very, very rare that running backs go from being a complete you know, non-threat in the passing game to be massive passing contributors in the NFL. I just don't see it. I, and for the record, I just want to throw out there, I don't think he's a bad running back. In college, he was ridiculous. Vision, explosiveness, burst. All those things, he elusiveness, all those things, he he's amazing. I probably one of the best in this class. But there's just certain benchmarks that if you don't hit them in the NFL, you just you can't make it work. And I just don't think he can he can uh, hurdle these uh, these probably issues. So the only reason I bring that up is just because you know you look at some of the guys that you know kind of do make it work, and none of them really had like the talent on tape that he did in open field. Like his open field talent is off the fucking charts. His ability to cut is off the charts. Well, maybe not off the charts, but it's up there. And I look at him, I'll just look at him as like a much faster, much explosive um, running back in the version of kind of like what Elijah Mitchell was. And it's funny that you brought up Elijah Mitchell because he doesn't play like he's 200 pounds. He plays like he's 220. Exactly. Like he is ferocious when he hits people. And like, I kind of see that a little bit with Kenneth Walker, but I also see if you put him in like a zone run, he could absolutely tear it up with space. So that's why I'm kind of like, I, I don't question it at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's kind of interesting to get those takes and just kind of, like, throw them back at you and see, like, what you kind of think after that, you know? Yeah, and no, I see what you're saying. In the right scheme, he just – my only problem is, regardless of what scheme it is, I don't see him being able to handle a lot of carries every year. He's just – he's too mm-hmm. small. You know, think of the last running back that you saw that was as small as Kenneth Walker is that sustained massive, you know, 200-plus carry seasons, you know, because that's what he will need to be, he will need to have in order to – be a, a you know productive in fantasy, and I just I I don't remember the last running back who did that at his size. For real, for real. Um, give me a <laughs> give me one more guy. I'm sorry, I just looked at the time and I was just like, all right, I kind of just uh, bogeyed this one. Um, give me <laughs> a little fun for the masters tonight, nine o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll just I'll just that you're really interested in. Yeah, I'll just say my, my top four guys that I got to have is Brees Hall, my RB1 I spoke about. Isaiah Spiller is my RB3. And my RB2 is Rashad White. I really love the way he plays. I got to say he reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara. He has a very natural and classic feel for the game. He's very smooth. And my one problem with him was that he was just not fast on tape. But then he came into the combine and ran a 4 4 eight, 
which is a very good number for a running back. And I'm mm-hmm. very excited about Rashad White. He's my RB2. And I said this on another podcast, uh, on the Corner Booth podcast, also one of the belly-up ones. I think that by the end of this process, Rashad White might leapfrog Brees Hall as my RB1. So I'll just mm-hmm. throw that out there. And then mm-hmm. my fourth guy, who is a must-have for me, and he's flying way under the radar. I think I might be one of the highest guys on him, is Hassan Haskins. All right? He played with great – from Michigan. He played with great bursts and explosiveness. And he weighs 228 pounds. He is the heaviest running back in this class, and he didn't run a 40. I wish he would run a 40 because I feel like he would have put up very good numbers. But he plays fast. He plays explosive. He plays great vision and elusiveness. He does everything, and he also has that size. You know, when a running back comes to the NFL with that size and that speed, I just can't imagine him not being – and he caught passes too. I can't imagine him not being successful and productive uh, NFL running back. So I love Hassan Haskins. Those are really my four. Aside from that, you could throw in James Cook in there, but he's sub 200, so he's you know sub 200 pounds. He's only going to be in passing downs. Might be a third down guy, but that's really it. Those are really the only guys. Good fit with his brother in Minnesota. Just saying, that would be fair. But now, but Dalvin Cook's a good pass catching running back. Yeah, I was going to say (laughs) Dalvin Cook's like a perfect mix of a power and scat back. Yeah. Yeah. But quick question for you. I just have one more guy. I want a quick analysis on Kevin Harris, South Carolina. He had a back surgery. But his tape from 2020 is absolutely off the charts. He's a freaking great power back. He's somebody who can fit that Damian Pierce thing, but he's a little bit faster. Um, just quick analysis on that, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I, know, I, I had a feeling you were going to bring him up. He was one of those guys that I was hoping to get a chance to scout more deeply before this podcast. I didn't get a chance to scout him all the way, but I have seen a little bit on him. I do like Kevin Harris. He's, like I said with Damian Pierce, he's a great blend of size and speed, and he's a great runner. So I like Kevin Harris. He has, you know, great potential. I'll need to watch a little bit more on him, but I don't think he'll be in my top four. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so let's just do round the horn. Uke, tell us where they can find you. Tell us about all your prospect profiles, who you're coming up with this week. Um, yeah, this is your plug. So this week, I mean, I just kind of got to, you know, go with uh, whoever I haven't scouted yet. But uh, I'm constantly coming out with about, you know, six or seven scouting reports a week, something like that. So you can find me, you know, on Twitter at you, you know, underscore NFL, or just go to my author page on Belly Up. You'll see all my uh, scouting reports over there. Yep. Cool, cool. And then we got the two guys to my right over here. You guys got the Masters thing going on today. Tell us all about that. Andrew, start it off. Greatest tournament of the year for golf. It is the Super Bowl of golf, the Masters, the most classy it's sought after tournament, nine o'clock tonight. And then as always, you can catch our the Divots and Pivots Master Show Wednesday, ten o'clock on Tiki Live. We got you covered. Coop. Yes, the um event like no other. It deserves the podcast like no other. Tonight we'll have fantasy jeopardy, be lots of fun. Don't forget underdog fantasy. Use a code word TSS. We'll double your deposit under one hundred dollars. All right, and getting another plug in. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, as always, you can catch us live on Sundays at 11. Um, have a great day and uh, enjoy the Masters coming up. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.